Hello and welcome to the podcast, The Other Woman and the Wife, where we discuss at length why infidelity exists and what we can learn from it. I am your host, Chelsea, and it is 62 degrees and clear in the city of Santa Barbara tonight. I am alone in the studio, a bit more confident than I was the last time I recorded a solo episode. And today I am going to go into the ask a question think and answer some of your guys' questions that have come to me over the months. There have been some really hard ones to read in there, I think, as I reflect on my experience and how it compares to some of yours. My mind just wasn't as complicated. It wasn't as complex. I did not have children to consider during my experience. Becoming a parent changes things, doesn't it? Sure does. Anyways, I am going to start off by reading one of the Q&As that I have gotten quite a bit, and it seems to be a real struggle for women in affairs, this feeling of being used. And it's interesting. I think that we can get ourselves to a place where we think, oh, we're the victim. We're the victim in this situation. And when you get to that place where you think that you're the victim in the situation, I think it's easy to want to put up defense mechanisms. And if you're putting up these defense mechanisms unnecessarily, I think you're doing yourself a big disservice. And uh, the reason I say that is uh, because uh, you isolate even further. And like isolation is the last thing you really need. You need to be you need to be seeking help. Some of your stories break my heart. So I just I want to put that out there. If you are one of those people who feels like you're being used and You need to put up defense mechanisms and what you really might need is to take down some walls, talk to somebody. You guys are in really tricky places in life. So, okay. Ugh, I hate this one. I was involved in an affair for five years. It was a very tumultuous relationship ranging from the highest highs to the lowest lows. I gave this man everything I had emotionally and sexually. I was heartbroken and devastated when he ended it abruptly. Now I'm left wondering if what I thought we had was real. Did he feel for me the way I think he did? Was I used? Does he hate me? Does he miss me and think of me like I think about him? It's consuming me. This one is the one that really took my breath away because I have formed quite interesting connections with women in the community And that is one of the common reoccurring themes inside the community. It's been, was I used? And uh, I think that if you resign yourself to a place of uh, being usable, we've got better things to be thinking. That's what I'm going to say. And I'm actually going to defer to the community because I absolutely loved what one of the women there had to say. And I have a lot of respect for the women who are speaking up inside of the community to help each other get a grasp on what current reality is. And 
what they need to be doing for themselves. Uh, a lot of you are in tricky situations and you're consistently doing things for other people. And I mean it when I say that I think the first thing that I did for myself with complete absent-mindedness of others was have the affair. And uh, in the affair, I experienced a transformation. I allowed myself to feel things that I had never felt before. I allowed myself to love people and places that I had previously judged so harshly. So it was a real, it was a real self-reckoning. It was, it was real. So let me find this one piece from my girl. She said that if he wanted to, he would is a bunch of garbage. It couldn't be further from the truth. Many men will literally sentence themselves to misery over being a failure as a man in their eyes. As I said in a different post, there's not enough love on the planet to make them leave if they believe leaving makes them a total failure. They need to work all that out on their own. If they do, they will leave. But the reality is, statistically, it is the women that file for divorce. Men can't make themselves choose happiness. Women do. But back to that original question about the affair being the most tumultuous relationship ranging from the highest highs to the lowest lows, my relationship with Stan has been that. And I'll say my, not so much my relationship with Stan, but my experience in the relationship with Stan. I think that as an individual, I have a high sensitivity to emotional swings. <laughs> and uh, when I was in the affair with Stan, I think that I had experienced moments of exhilaration and incredible passion that I had never experienced before in my life, especially Stan was not the person that I was supposed to fall in love with. And since the experience was so unexpected, I think that actually contributed to the highest highs and the lowest lows. My the lowest lows experience in my relationship with Stan, like as an individual, our relationship has always just been like, good. It's been good as in like, we're always progressing. We haven't really stalled out. We've come close to the decision to divorce, but the lowest lows was definitely right after the affair and we had moved into a relationship together at that at that point in time my emotional wellness was not in check i had a lot of thoughts and feelings that i had never vocalized before so that made it incredibly difficult to go into a relationship with somebody that i had only known for had known him intimately for 6 months but what Stan and I really had bonded over was the vision that we had for our future, what we wanted for ourselves as individuals and what we wanted for a family one day. Yeah, so it's not surprising to me that the organic connection that is found in an affair and like, look, you guys, I'm not talking about going out and seeking people and getting cheap thrills. I'm talking about the unique connection of the experience in an affair. But yeah, 
As far as thoughts of him consuming you, you got to redirect your attention, girlfriend. If you are consumed with thoughts of others, who is responsible for thinking of you? Who? Who's going to feed you? Who's going to make sure you drink water? Who is going to make sure that you are having a positive experience in your life with the limited time that you have? Who? You must be able to take control of the way your thoughts affect your reality. Okay, on to the next one. Those of you who left your spouse and proceeded with a relationship with your affair partner, did you find the relationship challenging at the beginning once real life was happening with them? If so, were you able to make it through or did the challenges of real life after giving the relationship a real shot cause the relationship to end? Neither or, neither myself or my affair partner lived with anyone else prior to our spouses. And since beginning our relationship in real life, there's been a lot we needed to adjust and it has caused arguments. I have never loved someone in the way that I love him, and I just want to hope that we will make it to the other side. I fucking love this question. I love this question so much because it really gets into the meat of what I experienced as an individual. And I'm sure you guys are sick of me talking about myself. And trust me, I'm getting as many guests lined up as I can. But uh, (laughs) yeah, the beginning of our relationship was fucking cruel. Um, once our relationship moved from, you know, in secret to being completely exposed to everyone around, you are opening up your relationship to societal pressures. There is so much insecurity that existed within me and still does. I'm just way more aware of it now. There was so much insecurity that existed within me about the external perception of my relationships that it wreaked havoc on my soul. It wreaked havoc on my soul. I remember like thinking right after the affair, feeling like, okay, we've moved into this relationship and now we have to get back in order. Let's go to church. Stan did not want to go to church, okay? Chelsea wanted a husband who wanted to go to church. And then I really had to take a step back and be like, is this the right guy? Did I pick the wrong one again? Do I have a bad picker? And uh, what, what that actually taught me was it taught me to reflect on why I valued going to church. What was it about the experience of church? What was I gratifying within myself by doing that? And why was it so important to me that my husband do that with me? And it it caused me to really look in the mirror and understand why I value certain things so critically. And why do I project those values onto Stan? One thing that I absolutely love about my relationship with Stan that I didn't understand how that would even become valuable was that I am a full individual inside of a functioning relationship, a 
flourishing relationship. I am a individual who flourishes and then I contribute to my relationships. For so long, I spent way too much time just thinking that my husband needed to be a specific way. Once I let go of the control factor of what Stan is supposed to be doing with his time and all of that and really focusing on what the hell do I want to be doing with my time? Like when Stan and I first moved into the light, I'll call it, I don't know how to describe it, but once him and I moved into that, our relationship into that state, it was not fun. But it was like, it was like realizing I was searching for my other half and other people. I didn't believe I was complete all by myself. And so then I had to, I really had to sit with myself and decide whether I wanted to be in a relationship or not. And Stan and I had a real come to Jesus moment in our marriage, probably a year post-affair, where we had to decide whether this was really something that we wanted to go forward with. We were at a real breaking point. I think I had left the house angry eight times between, you know, exiting my first marriage and proceeding into a relationship with Stan. I was flighty. I was, my my nervous system was in such disarray. I really did not know how to settle my own soul. And that was a learning curve that took time. It took a lot of time for me to be able to look at life and appreciate reality as it is. That took a lot of pain, actually. It took a lot of pain and a willingness to adapt and taking a lot of responsibility for my own experience in life. So you can't have your relationship be the goal, okay? It's got to be the individual relationship with yourself. I cannot... You know, Stan Stan is a very patient man, and I can't be more grateful for that because I think that is what has allowed our relationship to be what it is. I married a very patient man, and I think that even with his patience, he doesn't hold me back, and that's what really, that's what really fucking impresses me about him. But anyways. Stan's also human and fucks up all the time, okay? So don't think that he's perfect, okay? All right, I'm going to do this one. Hi, I'm 37 years old, and I've been in an on-again, off-again affair with a former coworker for the past 13 years. When I met him, he was in a relationship, and I was coming out of my first divorce. This year, we reconnected, and we have been communicating a lot more than ever, and we have spent the most amazing times together. We have an incredible connection friendship, but I can't help but feel so guilty about this all. But the thought of not having this little piece of him I do get kills me. I am deeply depressed about all of this, and my husband is starting to notice a change in me, and I just don't know what to say to him. I feel like such a shitty person. Any advice, please help. 
I think that marriage really fucks with relationships. That's what I think. Because if he wasn't married or he wasn't in a relationship that he can't be honest in, what's the point? What's the point of being in a relationship that you can't be honest in? People say that the relationship between affair partners is so dishonest, but they know about the marriage, right? If you are a willing participant in an affair, that requires honesty about the marriage, the pre-existing marriage or the pre-existing relationship. Who knows? What's dishonest about that? (laughs) I think that there's a lot to say about relationships that exist with a crutch, a crutch like a secret relationship. It's really interesting. They, some people say that men cheat to stay and women cheat to go. And I ponder that. I am not a huge fan of blanket statements because I don't think that there is a one size fits all narrative. I think that the narrative that we build inside of our heads is crucial to our self-development. And if we want to change the experience that we have in our life, I'm ready. I'm ready to leave Stan at any point in time. I don't have the dependency on him that I once did. I think that I have been able to recognize Stan in his most human form, the bad, the good, the ugly, the wildly great. And I I don't need him. I want him. I don't need my marriage. I want my marriage. I want it. And if there is a relationship that exists that requires some level of dishonesty, about how you feel or what you think and all of that because you guys an affair is meeting the need for deep-seated validation that you are not receiving or have not received from the world around you that's what it is and that's not a bad thing I actually think it's a beautiful thing I had never felt more validated and all of the positive things about me and my past than I did when I was in the affair with Stan. Anyways, just going to put that out there. After the affair, once I did a lot of hindsight and I looked at Stan and I, and I just really had to understand why him? Why him? Why was I so drawn to him and why could I communicate with him in a way that I didn't feel safe communicating with anybody else. And uh, I think it had to do with a lot of the lack of judgment that he had as a person for other people. Relationships are like mirrors. What triggers you from somebody else is more of an indicator of uh, your own reflection. So when Stan would... uh, trigger me, I really had to get in deep and understand what it was about his behavior or his words had resonated with me so deeply. And I have an idea. I have an idea of why Stan stirs my soul the way that he does. And I'm grateful 
that I have that answer. I'm grateful that I have that answer because it makes me aware. It makes me aware of it, the pieces of myself that are <laughs> half empty instead of half full. Yeah. The communication with Stan, it improved over the years. Of course you're going to have, you have a, a history of 13 years with a person that you have been intimate with. Yeah, you guys are going to know how to communicate. And I think the only way that you really do start to disconnect from somebody is you stop communicating with them. You stop communicating with them. It's going to be a struggle to not think about them, especially at first. That is a practice that you will have to build within yourself, and that takes time. But yeah, you have to stop communicating with them. And that means not allowing them the opportunity to communicate with you. I think that when you need to go in defense of your peace, you block away. You remove yourself from social media. You don't allow the opportunity. That's what you do. So there's that. Oh, I love this one. Do the women who have an affair still enjoy sleeping with their husband's partners? Or are they having a hard time with that, can't get themselves to be physical? And then the male perspective. I am dying to know. Do men who have affairs go back to their wives, girlfriends, and sleep with them like nothing happened? Or are they struggling to be intimate also? I could not sleep with two men at the same time. That was pretty clear to me after I slept with Stan and I was, there was no fucking way, no fucking way. I couldn't do it. It was like a switch was flipped inside of me. Like I couldn't be physically intimate with my ex. Like I had mentally checked out of that relationship so so many, so much time before the moment that I fell in love with Stan that, yeah, there was no fucking way. I wasn't mentally or emotionally present in that relationship. How could I possibly be physically intimate with somebody? It was, it was a really exhausting time in my life for sure. And I'm so glad it's over and I'm so glad it only lasted three months. Ugh. Okay. But I also want to turn to the community to talk about this one because here it is. What I wrote into the community when somebody asked about this question, I said, I was exactly the same, disgusted. I couldn't really decipher then if it was because I was comparing them to each other or because there was something supernatural at play. I still wonder about this. Was it just because I found a more compatible partner in Stan and I asked for the all-stars to share their thoughts? And this is what one of them said. She said, I felt this way as well. At first, before I crossed the line into the physical, my husband actually benefited, like reading Fifty Shades of Grey. I was having all these fantasies about my affair partner. I watched The Affair on HBO. And the sex between the two spouses having the affair was really interesting, like an automatic response. That's how we were. It's just something we did. So once I crossed that line with my affair partner into a more emotional connection, 
I started to get anxiety when my husband would come to bed, like an elephant was on my chest. I walked around with headphones 24-7, listening to music and completely checking out mentally, physically, emotionally, until one day there wasn't anything to stay for anymore. Chelsea raised this very valid point when, no names, was writing about the poly analogy and the affair being a poly relationship. I'm not poly. I told them, I'm a one-man woman in a relationship with a two-woman man. I think this is why it becomes so important for many of the women to believe their affair partners are no longer actively participating in sexual relationships with their wives. They aren't comfortable with the poly aspect of the affair. They genius. Yeah, the community is fucking popping. Okay, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. I definitely hope you guys like this episode. It's nighttime. It's 10 p.m. And I'm going to go to bed with my cup of tea. I hope you guys take care of yourselves. Like, truly. Drink some water. Step outside. Feel the sunshine. Let it warm your soul. Okay? Start appreciating the simple joys in life. It's not going to be like this for long. Unless you let it. Okay, don't let it. Don't let it. It doesn't need to be that long. I don't know. I'm not one to tell you guys when to end your affair because I'm not a fortune tailor. I don't know the future. I carry the responsibility of my own. My own life. Your life is yours. It's your responsibility. Go live it. Enjoy it. Do the things. Do the things that make you happy. Don't do the things that cause you suffering. Okay? It's not good for you. Don't do the things that cause suffering. If you want out, get out. Make a plan. Okay? Get out. Quickly. Hop two. Don't be modeling deceit for the kids. It's not a good idea. They'll copy you. Ugh. If you are the other woman in your relationship and you love this podcast, you would love the Other Women Community. The Other Women Community is a membership program designed to help other women just like you reclaim their relationship with themselves and heal from their affair. We provide a safe and supportive environment for you to open up and talk about your experiences. We give you the tools and resources you need to grow into an authentic, empowered individual. If you're ready to take the next step in your healing journey, head on over to theotherwomanandthewife.com backslash community to learn more about the membership and all it has to offer.